0: Hare Krishna, warm welcome to all of you for today's Gita Live session. We have chosen a very, very interesting topic. The topic is dealing with attachments. All of us have attachments. Attachments to people, attachment to things, attachment to our own life. Attachment to situations, circumstances. So this session will be focusing on what's the root cause of attachments, what are the various kinds of attachments, we will talk about that and towards the end of the session we will be sharing some wonderful insights which we find in Bhagavad Gita. What is the right way of dealing with attachments? So overall, it's going to be a very informative session with some important insights based on the teachings of Srila Prabhupada. We'll start the session with prayers, seeking their blessings, blessings of Prabhupada, blessings of Lord Chaitanya, blessings of Lord Shri Krishna so that we can have a very, very meaningful session with a lot of practical insights. So please join me in offering the prayers. If you want, you can fold your hands, close your eyes and chant these prayers along with me. Nama Om Padaya Krishna prishthaya Bhutale Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisheshashunyavadi Pashyatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhara, Sri Vasadi Gaurav Namo Mahavadanyaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya, Namne Gauratushena Maha, Namo brahmane devaya, go brahmane hitayacha, jagadhitaya krishnaya, govindaya namo namaha. He Krishna karuna sindhu, deenabandhu jagadpate, gopesha gopika kanta, Radha Kanta Namostute, Taptakanchan Gaurangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishbhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Vanchakalpatarubhyascha, Kripasindhu Bhavacha, Patitanam pavnebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare <coughs> Many years back, when I was studying, I remember having travelled from Kurukshetra to Delhi. I was doing my B.Tech from Kurukshetra R.E.C. <clears throat> and I happened to travel by train, and it was an unreserved bogie. We could not get the reservation in fact it was a short distance and uh, I got into the unreserved bogey and uh, typically we all have some idea how the systems work in India. I was fortunate enough to get a seat in the unreserved bogey. And I somehow sat very tightly so that I should not lose the seat. And in no time the entire bogey was jam packed. There was not even space for people to move. Practically the whole bogey was like people on top of each other. And I remember halfway through I had some bit of urge to go to the restroom to a toilet but somehow I resisted a time came when it was inevitable I had to go but I am sitting in an unreserved bogey and moment I get up not sure if I'll get the seat back so I requested The person sitting next to me that for two minutes I very uh, specifically mentioned for two minutes I'm going kindly help me with this seat and I made sure that I have kept one handkerchief that's a typical Indian system of booking a seat so I kept the handkerchief requested him kindly please keep a watch on the seat I'll just come back in two minutes somehow with great difficulty I rushed to the toilet and I came back in two minutes and to my surprise there was a person sitting on that seat a very hefty well-built person and moment I requested that person very politely very gently I requested sir I was sitting here my seat moment he heard me, he looked me with a stern face and in Hindi, he mentioned to me, not mentioned I would say, he remarked, "Tere baap ki seat hai. And I was quite surprised. I said just two minutes back I was sitting here I am coming from Kurukshetra all along I was sitting in this seat I requested this gentleman also I pointed to that person don't you remember I had told you for two minutes I'm going I'm coming back. So this person remarked this hefty person was sitting on my seat quote unquote my seat said that this is an unreserved bogey. There is no reservation here. Do you have a reservation? Show me your reservation. So for a moment I was getting very upset, very angry, very irritated at that person. I was about to shout at him. Get angry at him. But seeing his size, seeing my size, I somehow decided not to get angry, not to get into a brawl with him, a fight with him. Then, I started thinking, on one side, yes, I can keep quiet, maybe because I am weak, maybe because I am much smaller in size, maybe I cannot fight it out. And then my mind saying, but this is injustice. Actually, you were all along sitting in this seat, just went for two minutes. And how can, how can he now claim that he will not get up? And mind you, he was sitting right on my handkerchief. So then, I started thinking of various reasons why I should or should not get into a confrontation with this person. Is it my right to ask him for the seat? I started thinking. And then a thought came to my mind. It is just half an hour from that particular point to Delhi, the final destination, then I started thinking there is no point in fighting with him. Even if I get the seat in next half an hour, Delhi will come and anyway, all of us have to get down. What is the point in arguing with him, getting bitter with him and fighting it out just for that half an hour distance? And because of this particular thought, there is no point in fighting. After all, in half an hour, Delhi will be coming. I just stopped and uh, kept standing. And it so happened that in 25 minutes, we reached Delhi, Nizamuddin, and we got down. In life, we will encounter many situations. Where we are hell-bent on having things which we want to have. At times we are attached to many things. Now Bhagavad Gita gives us a much larger perspective of life. Many times in life we want to achieve things by hook or crook we see many scandals many scams where people have amassed wealth thinking that believing that assuming that rest of the life or eternity they'll be enjoying their riches but we know the harsh reality of this world we are here in this world for a temporary period in that sense this life is like a journey at one point, we boarded this train called life, so called birthday, the day we took birth and a day will come when we will deboard this train, we will so called reach the destination, which is the end of the life and we leave this body, the soul leaves the body. In that sense, this journey, be it 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, or 100 years is temporary. Just like in a train journey, there is no point getting attached to the bogey, attached to the seat. No doubt, while we are traveling, there may be some comfort. But in a scenario, what I have mentioned, there is no point in overly getting attached to something, getting overwhelmed, getting bewildered, if we have the understanding that this life is temporary. One day I have to leave everything and go. In Hindi there is a saying khali aat aaythe, khali aat jayenge. We don't take anything with us. All the property, wealth, so called knowledge, what we have amassed, everything is left behind and we go back empty handed. Krishna in the Gita says one who has taken birth is sure to die and for one who has died, is sure to take birth again. So this perspective of life where we understand that this life is temporary, this body is temporary, this is a temporary journey in our eternal time scale, a small phase of our existence, uh, the way we look at things, the way we chase things changes. The way we are attached to things, attached to people, changes. So that's why it is very very important to have the understanding of the soul. Krishna in the Gita says the soul, the real self is eternal, never dying. Na jayate mriyate va kadachin. And this body is temporary. Our journey in this body is temporary. And hence, we should not get overly attached to things, people, situations, circumstances in life. There is another kind of attachment. The attachment is attachment to results. Results of our actions. Many, many places in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna talks about you have the right to do your duty But you are not attached, do not be attached to the results of your activities. When we get overly attached to the results, when we want things to transpire in a particular way only, we are setting the game for misery or problems or difficulties in our life. Just like in chess, the game is set, the board is set. Likewise if we are overly attached to outcomes, overly attached things have to happen the way I want it to happen then only I will be happy. We are setting the game of life which will inevitably lead to difficulties or misery in our life. As I mentioned in a previous session for the results of our activities It is not just our endeavour. There are so many parameters which are involved. Krishna in the Gita says, ultimately it is Daivam, the super soul. So, this understanding that results of my action is not solely dependent on my endeavours alone is again a very very important aspect which we have to keep in mind so that we are not overly attached to the outcome of our actions. One time, there was a person who was carrying in his hand puffed rice. All of us know about puff rice. He was carrying in his hand and he was passing through a forest. And uh, with both hands clasped, having the puffed rice. He was trying to hold on that puff rice, ensuring that nothing slips out from his hand. And on that particular day, it was quite windy. Suddenly, the wind started blowing and became very, very so called something like a hurricane. So, this person clasped his hand even more tighter and tried holding on to that puff rice, kept on holding, holding till little by little because of that wind pressure, the rice started slipping out one by one, one by one from his hand till practically nothing was left. And while he was trying to hold very tightly ensuring, realizing that he will not be able to hold everything is slipping off. He held his hand up high in the air and said Govinda Bhog, Govinda Bhog, Govinda Bhog. Indicating to Govinda that I am offering this puff rice to you. The lesson which we can learn from this story is everything will slip out from our hands. Either we will leave the money we have, or the money will leave us. Therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna many, many places talks about do not be attached to the results of your activities. That's why in many places Krishna talks about to give away the results of your activities. Learn to give away, cultivate that detachment. Again, we require results. For example, a person is working. The result of his action is... His salary, the money what he gets in return, no doubt it is required for our sustenance. But many times we are overly attached to the wealth. It is said that Ravana was a great devotee of Lord Shiva. But he wanted to enjoy Sita Devi who was property of Lord Ramachandra. Hanuman also wanted Sita Devi. When Ravana kidnapped Sita Devi, Hanuman also wanted Sita Devi but he wanted Sita Devi for pleasure of Lord Ramachandra. So when we are overly attached to the wealth and we want to enjoy the results of our activities, Without keeping Lord in picture, without realizing the results of all my work is coming from the Lord, our mentality is that of Ravana. Although we may be so-called religious and pious people. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita talks about charity in the mode of goodness, charity in the mode of passion, charity in the mode of ignorance. So, it is important for a grahasta, for a family man, for a person who is earning money, the results of the work is offered to the Lord in gratitude. Highest form of charity is if the money what we earn is used in the service of the Lord. If it can be given to qualified brahmanas who know how Lakshmi can be used in the service of Narayana. So this is attachment to the results of our activities. I remember I was teaching Gita. We used to have some sessions with a family. And I used to go to their place. And uh, after few years, one day I remember having... Written to them that kindly do some seva. I sent them a brochure, various seva options, and you know it had right from 1000 rupees, 2000 rupees per month to 15,000, even more. A person can choose various options. Were there so the person replied, Thank you, Swamiji. Everything belongs to the Lord. Everything is Krishna's. We will surely do this seva. So I was very happy. And this person is earning fairly well, few lakhs of rupees per month. And uh, so I was very happy they have understood the essence of Bhagavad Gita, the realization that everything belongs to Krishna. Everything is Krishna's. And when they signed the form, I was quite surprised to see the contribution what they have decided to make every month. It was quite minuscule. I don't want to mention the amount. So many times we are overly attached to the results of our work. We don't want to part part away with the results of our work. That's why Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita talks about Jnana and Vairagya. A natural consequence of Jnana, proper knowledge, is detachment. Vairagya. No doubt for our sustenance we need wealth, but we should not be overly attached. When we get more wealth, we should not increase our standard of living. No doubt, to some extent, yes, we can have a comfortable house. Standard of living is quite subjective, but we can improve or increase our standard of giving. When we get overly attached to anything in this material world, we get entangled. Next. I was talking about various kinds of attachment. We talked about attachments to comforts, attachment to results of our work. We can be attached to people, attached to our near and dear ones, our family members, our kith and kin. And at times, that attachment can be very, very strong. Jagjit Singh Chitra Singh—I am sure all of you have heard about. They had a son who met with an accident, and he left the body. He expired. It was such a shock. It was such a shock to the whole family. It seems from that day onwards, Chitra Singh stopped singing. When we are overly attached to people, overly attached to our family members, no doubt somebody may say, what's wrong? What's wrong with attachment? Is it not right to be attached to our near and dear ones? Yes, some amount of attachment is understandable. But Krishna in the Gita says, while we live this world, we should have the understanding that a time will come when we have to leave this world, all relationships will break. A sober person, a person in knowledge, a wise person is not bewildered by such a change, otherwise. It comes like a shock to us and we are rattled for life, for days together, for months together, for years together, we are not able to reconcile. In the Bhagavatam, we get very nice example of what actually these relationships are in this material world. Bhagavatam gives example of the straws floating on the river you know in a river there are waves and the straws are floating they're practically like blown with the waves so for a while the straws come together and the next wave comes they all get segregated so we all as souls are individuals In this life, in this particular life, we have come together as friends, brothers, relatives, father, mother. And then the wave of Kala will come, which is inevitable. We all will be again separated. Sometimes people say that, why do you talk about things which are painful to hear, which are not very pleasant. Why do we talk about, yes a time will come, relationships will break. Why don't we talk about some pleasant things of life? Yes, we can talk about pleasant things. There are many pleasant things in the Bhagavad Gita also Krishna mentions about, but let's not turn a blind eye to the realities of life. This is a reality. We are not talking about philosophy. We are talking about realities of life. A day will come when relationships will break. If we are overly attached to someone, more will be the pain, more will be the agony, more will be the distress. Which we will have to undergo. That's why Krishna says, when we lead this life in knowledge, dhiras Namhuyati, a sober person is not bewildered by such a chain. Another example Bhagavatam gives just like in a hotel you know all the strangers come together for a while for a day for two days the you know, different people occupying the different rooms in the hotel two three days they are together and then everyone goes off to different destinations they all separate we also have example in our childhood we had friends in our schools, in our colleges, we studied together, our batch mates. And then now everyone is in different place. Somebody is in Singapore, somebody is in the US, somebody is in different countries, somebody is in different city. So likewise, all of us who have come together as friends, relatives, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, near and dear ones, with the wave of time, we will all get separated. So, therefore, it is important that we exercise caution in the attachments which we dwell If we have transcendental knowledge, if we have spiritual knowledge, we will develop our relationship basis that understanding, which is very, very important. Once there was a person... A farmer who got married and for many years he could not get a child he tried different things and eventually by the blessings of the Lord he was blessed with one child one son and his name was Haru so every day he would go to plow his fields work quite hard to earn his livelihood and come back and it was a small family, he, his wife and Haru. Haru grew up and one day while he was tilling the fields, he was in the farm, suddenly a person rushed to him and said, Haru is not feeling well, something has happened to him and he rushed home and then he was not in a good condition. And then some days, passed by, his condition worsened, he was diagnosed with cholera and eventually, he died. So everyone in the family were completely devastated. The wife could not be consoled. She was crying pathetically. And uh, this person, this farmer, was very calm and composed. In fact, next day, he again went to his fields for working. So when he came back home, he saw his wife was even weeping very bitterly. So family members had assembled, the relatives had come home. And one of them asked, Why are you so calm? Why are you not crying? So he told Last night, I remember I had a very, very vivid dream. In the dream, I was a king. I was living in a palace and I had eight children. I vividly remember the details of the dream. I was in a palace, I was a king and I had eight children. And now, today, after knowing that Haru has passed away, I am actually bewildered, I am actually in a dilemma, I am actually confused. Should I mourn for those eight children which I had in the dream when I was a king? Or should I moan for Haru who died yesterday? The understanding we get from this story is that this life in one sense is like a prolonged dream. In night we have experience of dreams. We get dreams. Although the dream may be unreal But the experience of the dream is real. That's why in the dream if we have a dream where we are being chased by a tiger at times we perspire. The experience is real although the content may not be true. We go into a dream world but the experience is real. Likewise from the perspective of eternal soul... This life is like a dream. Experience is real. But from the perspective of the soul. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my father. Is like a dream. In that sense, it's like a prolonged dream. In the night, we have a dream for 2 hours, 3 hours, 4 hours and we wake up. And even if we have a pleasant dream or unpleasant dream. We somehow reconcile it was after all a dream. This life is nothing but an extended dream from the perspective of the soul. So that way if we have this understanding that this life just like a dream we don't get overly attached. Suppose in a dream we had you know we got lot of riches lot of money we were living in a palatial house big bungalow we had many many cars and suddenly we wake up we don't start crying we just reconcile with the fact that after all it was a dream we don't get overly attached to the contents of the dream knowing that it's a dream so likewise self-realized souls who are in knowledge who are awakened Don't get overly attached to the happenings in this life. That's why it said awakened soul. Asatoma satgamaya. When we wake up, when we wake up from the slumber of ignorance, then we can see things in the right perspective. So we had attachment to Comforts, we can get attached to certain comforts. The example I gave of traveling in a train got attached to a particular seat, and then you can get quite vexed up, quite perplexed, quite bewildered when things are snatched away from us. We can get attached to the results of our actions. We can get attached to the people, our near and dear ones, which is understandable. And then we can get attached to situations. Once, Indra Indra was cursed by his spiritual master Brahaspati to become a pig. So, Indra took birth as a pig and he was living with his family. The wife was there and piglets were there, children were there. And you know, typically, pig lives in very filthy places, stools strewn all around. And he got attached to his family, to the piglets, to his children, to his wife. And a time came when Brahma realized that Indraloka, you know, there's a necessity for him to come back now because things were not going properly in his absence. So, Brahma came down to take Indra back to Indralok so that he can now start taking care of his responsibilities as Indra. So, when Brahma came, he saw Indra in the form of a pig and you know, dabbling with day to day affairs with his children, overly attached to his wife. And Brahma came and requested, Now it's a time. For you to come back. Please come back and take charge of Lok. So, Indra was reluctant. He said, no, no, no. How can I go? I have so many responsibilities. I am attached to my, you know, children, my wife, everyone. How will they manage without me? I cannot go. And Brahma to shake Indra out of that so-called attachment actually killed the wife of the pig and the children and this Indra in the form of a pig became very perturbed. How can you do that? Then Brahma pointed out anyway you see there this person you know pigs generally are slaughtered for meat so, he pointed out the person who was sharpening his knife anyway, they were supposed to be slaughtered. So, please wake up, realize that you are Indra and come back to Indra Loka. So, what happens is many times we have come to this material world for a short while, for few years. And although Krishna in the Gita talks about the nature of this world as layam Ashashvatam, we get overly attached to this place. Although we encounter many many miseries, many many difficulties, but because of ignorance, we get attached. We don't want to leave. When Krishna comes and invites us, there is spiritual world. mama. We are not eager to go there. We just want to remain here, although we are encountering so many difficulties. This is the role of Maya. Maya means that which is not. It covers our real knowledge. Illusion makes us think that I am happy. So we get attached to situations. We get attached to circumstances. We get attached to people. We get attached to results of our work. We get attached to comforts. So, we will resume, we will continue with our discussion. Uh, In the Gita, Krishna also gives us some beautiful insights, how we can go about handling these attachments. What is the perspective of life which we should have? What instructions we can keep in our mind? What should be our consciousness in dealing with these attachments? So, we will cover that in detail a short while from now. Now we'll have the kirtans. I request all of you to participate in this kirtan. Let's get spiritually charged and then, after the kirtan gets over, we will resume this discussion.
1: Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. Krishna Hare krishna hare hare krishna
2: krishna
1: krishna hare 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 ramo hare ram hare 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 ram hare hare Hurry up to Ram hurry Ram Ram Snorri,
2: hurry up to Snorri,
0: So far we have covered in the session that attachment, if it is not properly regulated, attachment to situations, attachment to people, attachment to circumstances, attachment to the results of our activities, attachment to success or failure can call for trouble in our lives. If you are overly attached to things, when those things move away from us, we lose those things it brings lot of pain and misery in our lives. So therefore it is very very important that we no doubt attachment is natural but we regulate that attachment with the right understanding with right knowledge. There's another kind of attachment which is attachment to success. We want the outcome of our activities to be in a particular way. We want to succeed in our endeavour always. These days, suicides are very, very common. When things don't happen as per our expectation, people even take away their lives. These days in IITs, we see suicides are quite common. Expectations are not met. The results don't come the way it's expected. People end up their lives. So Krishna in the Gita says, Be steadfast in yoga, O Arjuna. Perform your duty and abandon all attachment to success or failure. Again, the emphasis on doing as a matter of duty. Such evenness of mind is called yoga. Another verse in the Gita, second chapter, 57th verse, Krishna says, He who is without attachment, who does not rejoice when he obtains good, nor laments when obtains evil, is firmly fixed in perfect knowledge. In other words, samadarshi, equipoised. Equipoised in happiness and distress, in pleasure and pain, in gain or loss. He is fixed in knowledge. No doubt, we cannot artificially reach that stage. When we tread this path of spirituality, when we advance spiritually... When we grow in our Krishna consciousness, this stage becomes easily accessible. The worker who is freed from all material attachments and false ego, who is enthusiastic and who is indifferent to success or failure, is a worker in the mode of goodness. So, these are few instructions from the Bhagavad Gita as to what should be our mentality, what should be our consciousness when we approach any work. For any work, the outcome could be success or it could be failure. When it is successful, we become very elated, very happy, very joyous, we celebrate and when we meet with failure, we become morose, we become depressed. So here, instruction of Gita is one who acts as a matter of duty. Who is equipoised. He is firmly fixed in knowledge. Now, what is the cause of attachment? Many, many times we know things. There is a gap between knowing and doing. All of us know, Everyone knows. But still, we get overly attached to our wealth, to our property, to our... Our acquisitions. Our near and dear ones. Everyone knows about it. But still in one sense we are helplessly attached. So what is the cause of attachments? Krishna in the Gita says. In the 14th chapter. 12th verse. O chief of Bharatas. O Arjuna. When there is. An increase in mode of passion, Rajoguna. When there is an increase in the mode of passion, the symptoms of great attachment, where does this great attachment surface from? Where does it manifest from? Krishna is saying, when there is increased influence of mode of passion, when we come under the influence of Rajoguna, there is guna, there is Rajoguna and there is Tamoguna. When we get overly influenced by Rajaguna. Kame Esha, Krodh Eesha, Rajoguna, Samudh Bhava, Mahashano, Mahapapma So when we come under the influence of Rajaguna, what happens? Symptoms of great attachment. We get attached to things, attached to people, attached to situations, attached to outcomes, uncontrollable desires. We can't control our greed. For us to be happy, we have so many things which have to happen for me to be happy. Uncontrollable desires, hankering, never satisfied, contentment is elusive and great endeavour develop. So when we are in the influence of passion, what happens? Great endeavour, excessive attachment uncontrollable desires and hankering manifest in our mind body system and we start acting basis that so if someone may say what is recommendation of krishna if you are saying attachment is wrong what is the recommendation of krishna krishna in the gita says the yogi abandoning attachment Act with body, mind and intelligence. Yogi's. Mind you, yogi is not just a person who is in renounced order of life. Even Krishna advises Arjuna who is a Kshatriya, who is a family man, who is a warrior. Yogi Bhava Arjuna to become a yogi. So yogi's abandoning attachment act with body, mind and intelligence and even with the senses only for the purpose of purification a person who is in knowledge, for every endeavor, the purpose behind that endeavor is not the results of that work. He is doing as a matter of duty. The main result, the main outcome, what he is gunning for, what he is desiring to achieve from that work is purification. In fact, the whole life is all about How I can become more attached to the Lord. How I can purify my consciousness. How I can elevate in my consciousness. For all of us, these all are secondary. Purification of consciousness. Elevation in our consciousness. Attachment to Krishna is all secondary. Primary is the results of my work. Attachment to Krishna. Attachment to Lord is secondary. Attachment to my near and and dear ones is primary so that's why we get pained that's why we get so much of anxiety that's why we get into trouble when reality is hit hard so <clears throat> krishna is advising us that in this life with the transcendental knowledge with the spiritual knowledge Backed with the instructions of the Gita which Krishna is sharing with us for our good in the Bhagavad Gita. We develop attachment to the Lord. We are His Amsha. We are His part and parcel. We have an eternal relationship with the Lord. We invest time and energy in developing our relationship with the Lord. Developing our attachment to the Lord that is real attachment, that is real relationship, and all these other things can be in the periphery. The focal point, the center point is the Lord. So, I have some questions which have come forth and some more points which I wanted to share uh, will be answered, will be covered as I answer these questions. So, we will start with the questions. The first question is from Mr. Chandrasekhar, once Srila Prabhupada said child worship is more important for parents than deity worship. How do we understand this statement? Prabhupada might have mentioned this, I don't remember the context. Prabhupada might have mentioned with the understanding that We should not get so-called busy with devotional activities that we neglect our material responsibilities. If a person is in family, it is the duty of a father, duty of a mother to take care of the child. So, in that sense, Prabhupada would have mentioned that child worship is more important than deity worship. So, we have to see the context in which Prabhupada mentioned this my wife wants kids to do ekadashi but my kids are not comfortable in this tapasya due to my attachment to my wife and kids i am not in a condition to say anything to my wife what should i do first and foremost in this path in the path of spirituality we should not force anyone Beyond a point, yes, as a matter of duty, we can tell, we can give them the reasoning, why it is important. But beyond a point, every Atma, every person is unique in his journey as far as spiritual evolution is concerned. So, as a matter of duty, we can tell, but beyond a point, we do not compel, we do not force. Having talked about Ekadashi, just for your information, Ekadashi can also be practiced at different levels. There are some people who eat three times a day, as much as they want, just they avoid grains during Ekadashi. In that sense, it is not a big tapasya. So Ekadashi can also be followed at different levels. Some people eat only two times and just eat only fruits and salads. So again, some people follow Ekadashi, they just have one time and they just have water. Some people have only water and there are some people who do Nirjal Ekadashi. So to begin with, children can be encouraged to follow Ekadashi where they can take three times meal. They don't have to be hungry, just that they avoid grains. This question is from Dinesh Pardesi. What is the reason we have to chant Mahamantra 16 malas a day? Why 16 is a magical number? Śrīla Prabhupāda is an acharya, is a pure devotee of the Lord. He is very very dear to the Lord. He is a representative of the Lord. The Lord to establish dharma personally comes and also sends his representatives. So pure devotee of the Lord according to time, place and circumstances keeping the principles of devotional service or bhakti intact recommends what is possible for people in general to follow. What tapasya is possible for people in general to follow. So in our scriptures the recommendation is kirtaniya sadahari. We should always chant the names of Krishna. Always be engaged in Kirtan, which for many of us is impractical. We have so many responsibilities, we have to go to the office, we have to take care of so many household chores, it may be difficult to always chant the holy names of the Lord. So, Śrīla Prabhupāda, seeing the present circumstances, seeing the present situation of people, have recommended that if we have to develop in our Krishna consciousness, we should chant minimum of 16, not 16 rounds, maximum. Minimum of 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Mahamantra every day. And since it is recommended by an acharya who is a pure devotee of the Lord, the Lord respects that number. Maya, which is energy of the Lord, which is acting on us, is kept at bay if a person chants 16 rounds. Why 16 rounds? What's the difference between 15 rounds and 17 rounds or 16 rounds? Because this number is recommended by a devotee of the Lord. The Lord, there is a sanctity to that number and the Lord respects the recommendation of his pure devotee. This question is from Kamal Jyoti Talukdar. If we do actions without expecting fruits, how the motivation for doing the work will be there. As I mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, I quoted the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, you have the right to do your duty. Do not be attached to the results of your work. Now superficial understanding of this statement is that if you are working in the office, And whether you get salary or don't get salary, whether you get promotion, you don't get promotion, whether you get increment or don't get increment, you are detached. No. That's not the right understanding. When Krishna told Arjuna to fight in the battle of Kurukshetra, Krishna did not expect Arjuna to fight half-heartedly. You can't win the battle if you fight half-heartedly. So, when Krishna advised Arjuna to fight, Arjuna fought wholeheartedly. We have to do our duty wholeheartedly. But the results of that work, knowing that it is meant for the pleasure of the Lord, we don't get attached to the results. We offer it back to the Lord with the understanding that it is coming from the Lord and is meant for the pleasure of the Lord. Hanuman was very, very attached to Sita Devi. He was very, very anxious to get that Sita Devi back so that he can offer it back to Lord Ramachandra. Even Ravana was attached, both were attached, both wanted Sita Devi. So, in that sense, a devotee is not superficially detached. He works very nicely, very enthusiastically in his office, but he is not, the results which come from that work, he wants to offer it to the Lord. He wants to use it in the service of the Lord. He is not attached for his enjoyment. So, a few more questions are there. As we cover those questions, this point will become more clearer. This question is from Devansh More. I love a girl since quite a long time and wish to marry her. We are friends since 2010. If for any reason we don't get married, what is the best way for us to get through such situation? I am not an expert in this matters. So I think uh, in family related matters, you can take advice of some experienced people, some of your mature friends and family members. This question is from Kiran Shirbate. It is very natural to have attachment for children and family. How can we exercise caution? Very good point. It's. Quite natural to get attached to our near and dear ones. This is a very nice example. Two examples I would like to share. First example is just like when we throw a stone in water, more so if it is still water, ripples get formed. And although many concentric circles of these ripples are there formed. But they don't clash with each other. So likewise, when we have Lord as a center, the attachment to the Lord is primary. Then we can have attachment to all other near and dear ones, keeping Lord in the center. Such attachment acts like concentric circles. They don't clash. They don't bring misery in our lives. It does not bring undue pain in our life. If we have the Lord in the center of our lives. So keeping Lord in the center, we all can cooperate with each other, love with each other, have a relationship with the healthy relationship with each other. With that knowledge that we all belong to the Lord. We all are meant to serve the Lord. We all are meant to please the Lord. When any one of us try to become the center other than the Lord, this circle starts clashing and brings pain in our lives. So that's one example. Second example Krishna in the Gita says, just like the lotus, we know lotus is growing in a dirty pond, there's mud all around, there's dirt all around, but Lotus is untouched by that dirt. It is pristine, it is pure. Likewise, when we have transcendental knowledge, when we have spiritual knowledge, when we have elevated consciousness, therefore we call about International Society for Krishna Consciousness. When a consciousness is elevated, when a consciousness when we are conscious of Lord, then although we may have attachment to our near and dear once it is regulated. It doesn't, so to say, soil us. It doesn't, so to say, entangle us. Just like the lotus flower, although it is growing in a pond full of dirt, it is untouched by it. It is aloof from it. Such attachment will not bring pain in our life. Such attachment will not entangle us. Lord being in the center. This question is from Arihant Jain. Krishna reducing devotees' sinful reactions to token reaction is a positive way of thinking. So to do bhakti more faithfully or does Krishna really interfere with the law of karma for devotees' benefit? The law of karma is impersonally acting in this world. As you sow, so shall you reap. If you do a pious activity, you will get good reaction. If one engages in sinful activity, he will have to suffer the reaction. So, the Lord is witnesser and sanctioner. This law of karma is made. It is acting impersonally under the direction of the Lord. The Lord is witnesser and sanctioner. He does not interfere. But in case of devotees, the lord is not just the witnesser and sanctioner, he is the director also. He plays another crucial role in the case of devotees, as far as karma is concerned. If as per karma, a devotee has to suffer based on his past karmic reactions, and the the lord sees that, He will get diverted from his spiritual life. The Lord will not allow that karmic reaction to unfold in his life. The Lord directs the karmic reaction in his life. And if as per karma, a person has to enjoy a lot of riches, a lot of opulence. And the Lord thinks that this opulence, the devotee is not mature enough to handle. He can get distracted from his bhakti. spiritual life he may not allow that karma to fructify in his life so therefore as far as devotee is concerned as far as karma is concerned the lord is not just the witnesser and sanctioner he is also the director what karma will unfold in the life of devotee to what extent the lord directs based on the surrender of the devotee if a person is fully surrendered a pure devotee of the lord Lord takes full charge of the karmic reactions of a devotee. This question is from Tweety Sweety. What steps should I follow to get practice of detachment? I try a lot but I feel restless and again start thinking about materialistic thing. As I mentioned in our previous session, we don't have to kill our desires, we don't have to kill our attachments. We just have to purify those attachments, we just have to purify those desires. The goal is not to become inert, the goal is not to become a stone. Stone does not have attachment, stone does not have desires, that's not the goal. The goal is to have the right attachments. What is the right attachment? Attachment to the Lord and regulated attraction and attachment to our near, near and dear ones. With the right understanding. They all are related to the Lord. They are also related to me in this life. Just like the straws which have come together for a while and then the next wave they all get separated. Eternally we are related to the Lord, but temporarily in this life for a short period of time we are related to one another. So when we have that understanding, will not be overly attached to so-called near and dear ones. Yes attachment is understandable, but knowing that Kala will separate us. When we come together as friends in a hotel or let's say we have gone to some place or we are traveling, say long journey, two hours, maybe two days journey, at times we get to know people, we get attached to people. But knowing that very soon we have to get down and we have to depart, we manage our attachment accordingly. And that's why when the destination comes, we maybe at best take the contact details and all that and we leave with a smile on our face. We don't cry. So that way, understanding that this life is temporary, we can manage our attachments in knowledge. This question is from Ashwin Srinivasan. We are forced to be attached to relations due to being grahasthas. Hence, we cannot get out of attachment. How spiritual life, way of life helps in getting out of these clutches? Attachment or detachment is not a binary logic. 0 or 1. Either you have attachment or you have no attachment. Either you have detachment or you have no detachment. No. Just like between black and white, there are innumerable grades of grey shades. Likewise, we can be overly attached which is not good. We can be overly detached which is also not good. In Grahastha Ashram, we have our duties. As a matter of duty, yes, we have some role to play with our near and dear ones. We are attached within those frameworks, within those boundaries. And those boundaries are mentioned in our scriptures. We have examples of great devotees who were grahasthas. Bhakti Vinod Thakur was a grahastha. How did he manage his household affairs? How did he manage his family? We can learn from the lives of such great devotees. This question is from Ashish Tere. There are many Tulsi based medical products available nowadays. Is it okay to consume them as medical products? Generally it is not recommended to take products which has Tulsi in it. They are these days medicated soaps with Tulsi. We have many other um, so-called medicines which are made of Tulsi. If at all doctor recommends us to take Tulsi because it has many medicinal properties, we can take tulsi leaves. We can offer the leaves to the Lord. In fact, every day in the morning the water is offered to the Lord. We place some tulsi leaves. We place the tulsi leaves in the offerings. We can have tulsi leaves and I am sure the benefit we get by taking tulsi leaves is much much more than maybe the tulsi in form of some medicines. So, we can avoid taking tulsi in the form of medicines but rather we can take tulsi leaves directly. This question is from Radhakrishnan Ayer. as per statement of Dukkhalayam Ashashvatam everything is Dukkhalayam. How do we reconcile? In deeply seeing material illusion everywhere, what is the solution? Again, we do not have to be very very depressed and pessimistic, this world is dukhalayam. so you know just move around completely depressed, with no josh, with no enthusiasm. Completely dejected, completely demoralized? No. That's not the recommendation of Krishna in the Gita. In fact, one of the quality of the devotee is he is very enthusiastic. Utsaha. Although a devotee knows that this world is Dukkhalem Ashashvatam, but he is very enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Enthusiastic to execute the desires of the Lord. He leads the life in knowledge. So, superficial understanding of the instruction that this world is Dukkhalya Mashashwata means that there is no point in living. Anyway, it's painful. Anyway, it's misery. So, what's the point? A person can become depressed. That's not the right understanding. The right understanding is, yes, this world is a place of misery. We lead the life in knowledge. And do what the Lord has asked us to do enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Chant the names of the Lord enthusiastically. Pray to the Lord enthusiastically. Hear about the Lord. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam. Engage in various devotional activities enthusiastically so that we can purify our lives. So that is the right understanding which we get from the word Dukkhalayam Ashashwata. This question is from Neelam Gupta. Affection is better than attachment. Is it okay to have affection for close ones or could it be avoided too? There is a very fine line between attachment and affection. For paucity of time, I cannot really dig deep into it and understand what's the difference we cannot avoid attachment we cannot avoid affection all what we are saying is our primary attachment should be to the Lord and we should not be overly attached to our near and dear ones and that becomes possible if we are backed with transcendental knowledge we are backed with spiritual knowledge if we have the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita with us naturally we will regulate our attachment basis that knowledge. Just like I gave example, when we are on a long journey, let's say a person is traveling from Bangalore to Delhi, it's a two day journey by train. You can get familiar with some of the co-passengers, you can develop a relationship, you can become very close to a person. But knowing that after two days you are going to get down, you you regulate that attachment. At best, you take the contact and get down from the train with a smile on your face. We don't start crying, weeping, wailing when the journey ends. But why does that happen with our near and dear ones? This life is also a journey. It's a relatively longer journey. Just like in a train journey, we regulate our attachment to co-passengers. Although we have some affection for them, we have some attachment for them, at times we share meals with them. But knowing that it is a temporary journey, we regulate our attachment. Same is the case with life. It is just but an extended journey. This question is from Ashoda Prakash. What does be detached from being attached mean? It just means that we have to regulate our attachment. We don't have to be overly attached to someone. We have to develop our attachment to Lord and regulate attachment to so many material things, material people, material situation, material circumstances. This question is from Naval, Krishna, Naval Khanna. Can reciting Mahamantra help us attain moksha? Very much. In fact, in Kali Yuga it is said that. Harir Nama, Harir Nama. Although there are many, many methods for us to get disentangled. For us to achieve moksha. But specifically in this age of Kali, it is recommended that the easiest process is to chant the names of Lord Shri Krishna. Harir Nama, Harir Nama, Harir Nama, Evahi Kevalam. Kevalam means it's the only method. Although there are many prescriptions in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Vedic literatures but specifically in this age of Kali this is the easiest process which all of us can follow this question is from person name is not mentioned it's written as ignited psyche physic. my passion is to make good physic and be fit and inspire people for the same should I avoid it can I continue this with Lord Krishna chanting Lot of people are overly attached to their fitness, their body. Again, we have to regulate. We have to avoid two extremes. Exercise is very important for the body. To keep the body fit and healthy is very important. Prabhupada says, if you are having a car, it is very important that we take good care of the car. We ensure that the engine is in good condition, we ensure that it goes for service, ensure that there is proper air pressure in the tire, knowing that the car has to be used for the service of the Lord. But if we become overly attached to the car or we start thinking that I am the car, we are heading for a problem. So assuming that a person is spending 2 hours, 3 hours in gym and he is Having no time to chant as a result, there's a problem. So, yes, to keep our body healthy, we need exercises, we can go for jogging, we can go for walk, but we regulate. That's why Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita says, One who is regulated in his eating, sleeping, recreation and work can mitigate all material pains arising from this physical contact, material contact. So, regulation. Yes, body needs some exercise, we do exercise, but not that we become overly attached to physique, our body, want to show off to people, my muscles. No, so long as the body is healthy, predominantly I spend time in developing my relationship with the Lord. As I mentioned earlier, this life is temporary, so is this body. This question is from Vihang Kathe. Does over-ambitiousness lead to attachment in our life? How can we balance ambition versus over-ambitiousness? Please guide us on that. As I mentioned in today's talk, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is saying that when we come under the influence of mode of passion, the result will be attachment, a lot of hankering, greed, and then uncontrollable desire and intense endeavor. So the question is, how can, so a person becomes very ambitious if he is predominantly in passion. Intense hankering, he wants so many things, so many desires he has. And a person using his intellect cannot control. Mind will cheat him, his intelligence will cheat him because passion is so because of passion, this hankering, this intense endeavour. He is never satisfied. There is so much of greed. So Krishna is recommending us a path which if we tread so many instructions, we will come out of the lower modes. From ignorance to passion, from passion to goodness. And symptom of mode of goodness is enlightenment. Symptom of mode of goodness is knowledge. And even higher than mode of goodness is Shuddha Sattva. So when we practice the principles of Krishna consciousness, like chanting the names of the Lord, like reading Bhagavad Gita, like hearing about the Lord, hearing the instructions of the Lord, Satsanga. In due course of time, we will get the right discrimination, right intelligence to regulate all our desires, regulate all our ambitions. We are guided by the Lord mystically. What I should endeavor for, what I should not endeavor. We are guided what is an over endeavor. And when in doubt, we can take the help of some experienced devotees. So with this, we come to an end.